The following program is sponsored by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh, boy, are we ever. Uh, another happy, blessed, wonderful, graceful New Year to you. Today you are about to hear the best news that you have heard in a long while. The best news. It may be the best news you've ever heard. So I hope you're going to stay tuned to hear what our guest has to say today. I think this will be a good show for moms. I work very hard to choose guests that I think are going to help moms, encourage moms, inform moms, equip moms, help them with their kids, help them with their marriages, help them with their spiritual life. And I think this show is just one of those that could change a life today. Uh, so I think it's going to help moms who are borderline on their faith, moms who are trying to figure out what to tell their kids about God, moms who have lost loved ones, moms who already have a strong faith, but they need something more. We're going to talk about heaven today, and these stories will stop you in your tracks, wherever you're at. Unbelievable research, and what I would like to say is proof of heaven and what awaits us. I want to say that I truly hope to reach some skeptics today. I have a lot of them in my life, a whole lot of them. So we're going to give you a preview of a new book called Imagine Heaven by John Burke. But before we bring John on, I could not resist playing this song just right before we talk about Imagine Heaven. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine. Okay, there it is. My smalchy, smaltz, smaltz. How do you say smalty <laughs> reference to a song that goes perfectly with his book? John Burke is the author of No Perfect People Allowed, Soul Revolution, and Un, is it Unshockable? I'm Unshockable. Unshockable Love. He's the pastor of Gateway Church in Austin, Texas. He uh, has an amazing story to tell. He's really worked hard on this. I mean, it's almost as, as much a spiritual endeavor as it is a scientific endeavor. Uh, this, this book is very convincing. It is not written just for Christians. Uh, it's, it's, it's just really terrific. And I, I know, again, I don't like to over gush about people, but I am kind of gushy about this because this is one of those books I cannot put down and I think is going to change a lot of lives. So welcome to Channel Mom, John Burke. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored. Yeah, I'll thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the forward, by the way, of your book is by Don Piper, who yeah. is a New York Times bestselling author of 90 Minutes in Heaven. Also read his book, also had him on the show. Good stuff. So tell yeah. me why this book. It, uh, let me tell people the subtitle. Near Death Experiences. God's promises, and the exhilarating future that awaits you. Now, some people don't believe that stuff, but why did you decide to write this book with all of these incredible stories? Well, it really, uh, Jenny, goes all the way back to when my dad was dying of cancer. I was not a believer. I was pretty much agnostic. And um, 
someone gave him the first book that really coined the term near-death experience. You know, when, when someone basically clinically dies, their, their heart stops or they have no brain waves, and, and clinically they die, but they're resuscitated. Yeah. And uh, I read that book that night, and, um, and honestly, at the end of reading it, I was like, oh, my gosh, God, you're real. Yeah. And I want to be with you. I better figure this out. And it, it set me on a path of, of seeking, really. And, um, and it was the next year that I think I really, you know, I, I really understood faith and came to faith in, in Christ. And, and for the last uh, 30 years, you know, I've, I've studied the scriptures, obviously, because I became a pastor. I went to seminary and all that. But uh, before that, I was an engineer. And so I've always had this kind of skeptical, analytical mind and so for the last 30 years, I've also read these stories with, with kind of a question mark, like, what do you make of these? And, and how do they reconcile to what the Bible says? Yeah, and by the way, thank you for that, because I'm a, I'm a skeptical believer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up in a super intellectual family. Most, most of them, 99% of them, do not believe what I believe. And, and I love God, and I love Jesus, and I follow them, you know, hanging on by my nails, but I am I'm continually skeptical sometimes. I mean, I, I say continually sometimes, but I have a skeptical problem. Yeah. And and so I'm glad you wrote this with a skeptic in mind. Well, we you know the the church we started Gateway Church is really to help uh, skeptics, doubters, and strugglers find faith and and walk with God. So that's who I'm used to relating to. Yeah. Um. But but for the last thirty years, I've I've read and studied about a thousand of these near death experiences. And what I'm doing in Imagine Heaven is I, I bring 120 of their accounts together in the commonalities. In other words, what do they report? You know, I, I, don't, I don't encourage people to take one person's story and, and use that as their vision of what's to happen. Yeah. Um, I, but, but when you look at thousands of them across the globe, professionals, you know, like uh, spine surgeons and TWA airline captains and bank presidents and college professors, and they're saying the same things as little kids who are saying the same things as people around the globe. Yeah. You know, I mean, they don't have anything to gain, but they have credibility to lose, many of the people I'm, I'm uh, quoting. Right. And then I'm showing how even though individual interpretations may get funky – uh, what they're saying, what they're reporting, yeah. is really pointing out what the Bible has taught us all along. And it's exhilarating, this exhilarating future that awaits us. It's so real. I mean, it, I, I, know, uh, I know you feel the same way, but when, when I read these stories, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so great. Yeah. It really changes the way you view not only the life to come, but the way you live your life today. And, and that's one of the biggest points of this book. And by the way, for, for those, you know, a, a lot of the folks in our audience call themselves Christians, but there are definitely some who listen who are not. And, and you are really backed up in this book. You, and you talk about the fact that there are over 900 articles now on ND, NDEs, near-death experiences, published in scholarly literature um, prior to 2011, you refer to. Yeah. You say um, there are at least 65 studies of over 3,500 near-death experiences. I mean, the evidence is stacking up. You say one, one in 25 Americans has had a near-death experience. And yeah. it doesn't mean we need to believe them all, but there, there's a wealth of information out there. Well, so, that's the point, is, is, you know, we can't, as Christians, just push this aside and say, oh, that's probably just weird. You know, let's just leave that alone. Because too many people have had them. Now, they don't, they don't all talk about them. 
people are very hesitant to talk about them because it is such a profound experience. Yeah. Um, but but they have. And in chapter two and three, I write about skeptical doctors in the afterlife. So I start off really helping people see what what has happened to convince so many skeptical cardiologists and oncologists who were resuscitating these patients and the things the patient said eventually convinced them, oh my gosh, people live after they die. Yeah, and, and let's get to this quickly because we also want to talk about some specific stories that are so inspiring, so stay tuned for those. Let's get to this quickly. What about the people that have said, well, it's just chemicals released in the brain at death, or it's just a dream, or it's just a hallucination, or it's it's caused by narcotics you know, as they're dying? Or what about, I mean, yeah. you talk about addressing those explanations. Yeah, and, and what has convinced um, many skeptics and and like I said, cardiologists, oncologists, people who resuscitate patients, is how many of their patients claim that when they died that they actually came more alive than they've ever been, but they left their body, they were still in the room and able to see what was going on, and they described the resuscitation. And, and many of these have been written up, like in the Journal of the American Medical Association, in yeah. the Lancet, which is a very prestigious medical journal. Like in the Lancet, uh, one was written up of, a, of a, a patient in Holland who comes in unconscious. He had had a heart attack, and they notice he has dentures on his upper teeth, so they take the dentures out before they do the, the paddles, you know, to shock him. Yes. And uh, his heart starts again. Uh, in ER, but but his uh, he's still unconscious, and they take him into another room, and he was still he was unconscious for a week. When he comes to, he's able to tell them where his the dentures are that they lost. He describe who was in the room, and he wasn't in that room conscious. Yeah. Describe who was in the room, and the nurse who took his dentures out and put them in the bottom drawer of the crash cart. That's where they found them. Yeah. And, 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 and people can tell, I'm sorry to interrupt briefly, no. but, but I think Colton Burpo um, talks about seeing things in other rooms and, and people that he saw in heaven that he shouldn't have even known existed. He was just a little tiny toddler, and he knew that he had a, a sister that had been miscarried. I mean, just uh, things that nobody could have known. Right, and story after story like that, that after a while you go, Okay, what's going on here? It's like, you know, it's like evidence in a courtroom, right? If you're going to you look at all the evidence, you go, which way does it point? And it's convinced enough skeptical doctors that many of them have said, well, you know, th- their consciousness must survive death. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean they become Christians, you know, and, and that's part of what I'm trying to do in Imagine Heaven is I'm trying to say, but if you look at what people say, across the globe, and you look at what the Scripture says, they're describing a biblical view of the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, and you have case after case after case where you can reference Scripture. And this shouldn't scare anybody away who, who isn't there yet. But you reference what, what Christ says in Scripture and what others say in Scripture, and almost exact wording of, of people all over the globe. So it's not that they've read Scripture and they're studying it themselves. They didn't, they didn't even have any awareness. I know. You, you pick that up, don't you, when you read their words. And they say things like, but, you know, time, time was different there. It's like, I don't know if it was a second or eternity. Uh, and they say things like that, you know, just like Peter says to the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Yeah. And, and this is part of the, the struggle that they, they find is that um, it, it is, they feel more alive than they've ever been before consistently. They say not, not like with five senses, but with like 50 senses. Yeah. 
and but they're but they're experiencing things not unlike the earth like another commonality is that people say they see great beauty many people mountains yeah. Trees, valleys, rivers, streams, flowers. And, and such beautiful descriptions. And I'm, I'm going to stop you there because we only have 30 seconds left in this, this segment. But we're going to come back with John Burke, the author of Imagine Heaven, Near-Death Experiences, God's Promises, and the Exhilarating Future That Awaits You. These, you've got to stay tuned for these stories and, and the things that people see and the point of it all. It, 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 it focuses you in this life about what it's all for and how promising it is and how much love matters. Ah, such good stuff. So please stay tuned for the rest of Channel Mom. We're going to return with John Burke, the author of Imagine Heaven, right here on Channel Mom on KRKS. Excuse to drive a few miles to a beautiful place with delicious food. Let me tell you about one of my favorite places to eat in Colorado. Down home, good cooking, old school, and family friendly. It's the Cutthroat Cafe. Chip Thomas is one of those guys who's created an eating establishment where customers feel like family. Nestled in Bailey, Colorado, next to a sparkling river and national forest, enjoy a getaway to the Cutthroat Cafe on your way to Breckenridge, just off Highway 285 in Bailey, Colorado. Hey, this is Jenny from Channel Mom, and if you'd like a savvy real estate tip for winter, listen to Michelle Walters. If you're thinking about buying a home, now is a great time to start. The Fed is probably going to raise interest rates continually over the next few months, so get that mortgage rate locked in now. Awesome advice. Hey, if you want to check out Michelle, go to SuburbanDenverProperties.com. That's SuburbanDenverProperties.com, where she makes it her mission to find you your real dream home. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh, yay. I'm so excited about this interview. We are back right here with Channel Mom with John Burke, the author of Imagine Heaven. And I get so excited about shows like this because I know they're going to speak to folks who are, who've been Christians since they were zero or people who don't believe at all because this, this is a very interesting topic, heaven and people's near-death experiences and what they've seen and how they correlate, and all the medical research and everything else that, that is confirming these things, and skeptics becoming believers and so on, John touches on it all. What are some of your favorite stories in the book that you think are convincing, John? Well, I mean, some of my favorite ones are really taking you in to see the beauty of heaven and the beauty of God. And, and because I, I read them, uh, you know, I tried to put it in the words of the people and then show how this is exactly what we should expect, um, you know, from, from what the Bible teaches. But some of the most compelling to me are the blind people. Yeah. So uh, there was a whole study done on blind people who clinically died and had a near-death experience. And I, I, I use their words for what they're describing. Like Brad, I'll give you an example. Brad was eight years old. Um, he, he was in a, a home for the, for the blind. And uh, he he had some kind of uh, uh, cardiac arrest or something happened where he uh, was was struggling as he was sleeping at night. He clinically died. He said he he rose out of his body and he was looking, and for the first time he could see. And he saw his blind roommate stumble to the door and down the hall to get help. And he said for the first time he he saw what must be color. And then he said um, I I st- I entered into. Uh, he said it must be like a tunnel. He said, I began to wonder if this was darkness because there was no color whatsoever. Oh. But he comes out on the other end, and there's this immense field stretching for miles with huge palm trees, enormous leaves on the trees, tall grass. And he says, I was walking up 
this field, and it seemed as if it was so, I was so exhilarated and so unbelievably renewed, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay forever where I was, which is common. Very, very common, say. yeah. There's no way to describe the peace and tranquility. The weather was absolutely perfect in terms of temperature and humidity, so fresh, so unbelievably fresh that mountain air on Earth couldn't even come close. It's funny, a blind person would notice temperature and humidity, right? Right, right, right. But then listen to what he says about light, and this is common. There was tremendous light up there. It seemed to come from every direction. It was all around and everywhere that I happened to be looking. It seemed like everything, even the grass I was stepping on, seemed to soak in that light. It seemed like the light could actually penetrate through everything, even the leaves on the trees. There was no shade. There was no need for shade. The light was actually all-encompassing. And other people talk about how the light was life and the light was love. And, you know, they're talking about something that's other-dimensional. But then he says, I wondered how I could know that because I'd never seen before that point. Uh, I felt like I wouldn't understand it had it happened on Earth. But where I was, I was able to accept it almost immediately. Yeah, and people talk about how in that dimension, because they all have very similar descriptions of light and color. And 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 the light comes out of things. Yeah. It doesn't shine on things. That's right. And this is consistent what blind people say, what little kids say, what... What adults say, but what people don't realize, it's also what the book of Revelation says. <sighs> In Revelation 21, John sees the, the New Jerusalem, the city of God. And by the way, Brad walks up to this wall and describes what John describes in Revelation. And I don't think he even knew what he was describing. Yeah. He's an eight-year-old, blind kid, you know? Yeah. But he's describing the same thing a spine surgeon described and a, a pastor described and a TWA airline pilot. All When they died, they, just, they described coming up to the same city, and they're describing the same things to details. But how, how is it that blind people and these professionals and kids would talk about light coming out of things? Except John said there's no sun or moon in heaven yeah. because God is its light and Jesus is its lamp. And, and, and the kings and, and the people will walk in its light. Yeah, and, and some of these people, first of all, have not read that, those scriptures. No, um, and most Christians don't know to expect that. Here's another little fun correlation. So people talk again and again about the colors of heaven. Yes. So they talk about how the colors are just so vivid. So it's, it's beauty like we've seen here, but so much more vivid and colors way beyond our color spectrum. And think about it. You know, our, we already know that the the sun's light makes up our color spectrum, and there there are ultraviolet and uh, you know infrared uh, colors that we can't see with our earthly eyes. But the spectrum of light that makes up the colors of heaven is the light of God. Yeah, he is the light of heaven, which is awesome. And, and I want to get to this because I've read this in other NDE books as well. And, and and here's the cool thing: when you start to read it, you think there's nothing bad about this. This is so much goodness and so much grace and so much beauty that I don't think people are making this up. And 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 they talk about how you can taste color and hear color and 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 like everything is one. And, and the grass is sort of the the light coming out of the grass is part of you. And, and you can taste it and you can hear it. I mean, the light has a song and so it's not that you're just seeing or you're just tasting everything is all the senses and well and that's and that's what it gets kind of confusing to people 
Um, because it's like, you know, anything unfamiliar scares us, right? Right. But that's where you have to hear. Like, listen, this is so common to, for people to say this. The hardest thing for me, this is a, a person who had a near-death experience. The hardest thing for me is finding the words to fully describe what I experienced in heaven. Because there are no human words that even come close. I grasp at words like beautiful and brilliant and amazing, but they're wildly inadequate. What I experienced in heaven was so real and lucid, so utterly intense, it made my experience on earth seem hazy and out of focus, as if heaven is the reality and the life we know is just a dream. Yeah. You know, that's what the writer of Hebrews said. He says Moses was constructing a tabernacle that was just a shadow of the real one in heaven. Yeah. And I want to get to a couple more things before we're done. We're about half done with this segment. Um, th- th- these are life-changing stories, and this book is life-changing. And, and here are a couple of reasons why. First of all, a lot of people need the hope in this book. They need to know about their loved ones. They need to know about their own future with death. Um, the, the thing that scares people the most, and, and it has so much hope. And, and it t- secondly, the other thing I want people to get from this is the point of life. And it con- these people come back and they say, it, the jobs don't matter nearly as much as, except if you're loving people in your job. Your yeah. schedule doesn't matter. Your stuff doesn't matter. Your house doesn't matter. You know, all this stuff doesn't matter. None of it is nearly as important as the things of God. And then they say, those who get a glimpse of heaven agree on one thing more than anything. Love is the point of it all. You know, Jenny, this is the thing that I think will very encourage moms. So across the globe, people see this brilliant man of light. Not everybody, but those who encounter him. They encounter this brilliant man of light who they know to be God. Those who know Jesus identify him as Jesus. They know he's Jesus. Um, Those who don't know Jesus don't know who he is, but they know he's God. In his presence, they feel unconditional love, and he's personal. One person said he's a fun person to be with. I never wanted to leave his presence. He knew he knows him personally like no one else does. And in his presence, they they have a life review. They literally relive their entire lives and and they, they, they relive it. But they relive it also experiencing the ripple effect of their little actions and, and acts of love. Yeah. And I, I think about it in the sense that you're right, because they come back. And, and they know that God is love, and they know that love is the point of it all. And, um, and, I, and I even talk about, you know, I think for moms, I think one of the things that they'll see is that so many times, you know, you feel like, gosh, the world doesn't value me at all. Right. You know, what I'm doing with my kids, does that really count? You don't get any, you don't get any accolades. You don't get any brownie buttons. And yet... Uh, Jesus sees it all. And when you read these life reviews, you realize that's what matters most to him. Thank you for saying that. Well, I I mean, isn't that what you got? Did did you get that chapter on on the life review yet? uh, I've read through probably two thirds of it. I don't, I don't think I got to life. Oh, you got to read that. I, I do because, and, and I once read a book that said uh, a vision, a man had a vision of heaven and he said, um, moms were in the throne. There were more moms than anybody else in the throne room. <laughs> because, well, I mean, and, and, and several people talk about how, you know, the message they got is how one of them was how much Jesus cares about the little children, Yeah. you know, and that, you know, our, our, our culture, our society wants us to neglect them. Well, and, and can I just say this? Thank you for what you said about moms, because that's the point of what we do here at Channel Mom, is that no matter what the media says or what the world says or what our value system says, that moms in some ways in a family are kind of in charge of love. 
And, well, think and, about this. And, and, think and, about and this. they're passing you know, that message on. I just want to yeah. say that. And, and God sees. And even when they feel invaluable, they're in charge of love. They're passing on love for generations just by being a mom. So thank you for saying that. Well, and we, you know, I think the other thing you, you get, um, I, I talk about a pastor who had a near-death experience, and he he's you know, he's a pastor of a large church like I am where, you know, and they're reaching lots of people and serving lots of people. But in and, and, and God was incredibly, um, you know, encouraging and accepting and loving. But he also said he pointed out that I didn't even know the names of my children's best friends. Yeah, I read that story. You remember that? Yeah. And he was and, and he realized that the Lord is like, look, what don't you get about Love God and love others first, and, and that's most important. And you do get the sense that, you know, Jesus actually doesn't need us to go accomplish huge things and change the whole world. He needs us to love our families and love our neighbors as much as we do ourselves. And if we do that, he changes the whole world. Amen. So we have to go. But I, I do hope people will look you up, look up the book, Imagine Heaven, listen to what we've said today, be blessed, be encouraged. John, how do people yeah, find you in the book? We just got about 30 seconds to tell imagine them. ImagineHeaven.net. You can read two chapters for free and some, see some of the interviews I did out there. And uh, Imagine Heaven is available uh, everywhere books are sold pretty much. Awesome. Thank you for writing the book. No, thank um, you, Jenny. Stay on the line because I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> okay. Okay. The book is Imagine Heaven, Near-Death Experiences, God's Promises, and the Exhilarating Future That Awaits You by John Burke, the forward by Don Piper, who wrote 90 Minutes in Heaven. Pick it up for somebody. It's the new year. Maybe somebody could use a little love and encouragement. Moms, listen to what he said. You do matter, and, and what you do matters immensely, and God sees you're passing on love. That's your job. What an amazing calling to be able to do that, and it's so important no matter what the world says. And I just want to remind you, this is hard for me to do, but but Channel Mom's not here unless we have donors. And we're trying to love moms both through the airwaves and on the ground and let them know they're important and help their kids by letting moms know they're important. So please go to ChannelMom.com and, and push donate to Channel Mom and help us out. Otherwise, we'll go away. And finally, go visit my friend Chip at Cutthroat Cafe in Bailey, Colorado, along Highway 285. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Thank you, moms, for all you do. Have a great day. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.